Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for being here and being part of the Transit Lounge community. It means a lot to me that you are listening today. And if you have rated this podcast, I really want to say thank you for that. Because, you know, sitting here and talking to myself is a bit of a weird situation to be in. And so your reviews give me some feedback that actually really helps me know that this is a worthwhile thing to do and that you're getting something from it. So thank you. And a super special shout out today uh, as a thank you to D45, whoever you are. Thank you for your rating and review this week. I'm so glad that you enjoyed listening uh, when you are driving in the car to work and that it's helping you get fired up for your day. I'm really happy to be your virtual car buddy. So today's episode is going to give you five principles of success. And this can actually be applied to pretty much any area of your life. Now, most often when I'm working with my private coaching clients, I am working with them to either create better alignment between who they are and what's important to them and the work that they do, or it is to help optimize their results in their work or their professional life. And so these success principles are totally appropriate for that kind of situation. And they can also apply to really any area that you want to create some kind of change in. They also apply when I'm working with a leadership team or a business owner. So if that's you, they're for you too. These success principles really are a way of guiding you because they can influence your behavior and the action that you take and therefore really heavily influence the results that you get. Now, most often we are running with beliefs and strategies that are unconscious and they just have been running in our lives for so long, we just tend to rinse and repeat. And you can get caught up in busyness. And what happens when that is going on is that you can just repeat patterns of behavior unconsciously. So having more awareness, which is what you're getting today of what these success principles are, can help you improve and get more efficient around how you are applying yourself in that area that you want to create change in and that therefore is likely to change and hopefully speed up the result. So the thing is if you've got an area that you want to change and maybe you've tried a couple of different things to create change in that area but it's still not giving you the result that you want. Well there's that quote from Albert Einstein about doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And so this is where you want to potentially try something new. And so these five principles are going to help guide you so that you can work out where you can tweak what you've been doing to try and create the change that you're looking for. And the good thing is too that you want to align these to your own version of success, whatever that is. How do you define success for yourself? 
and how you define success is most likely going to change over time. And so you'll see as we go through these steps how you can apply them as you are changing and upgrading the version of success that you're striving for. Now, one example is I'm working with a coaching client right now who is making a career shift and she doesn't want to just do any old job. She wants to make sure that her next career move is one that actually fits into her lifestyle that she has created for herself now and that she wants to create and that what she does for work adds meaning to her life. It's not just, she doesn't want it to just be something that takes up time and pays the bills. She wants something that feels more purposeful. And so part of what she's doing is exploring what success looks like to her rather than just jumping into action or jumping into the next role just so she can tick that off her to-do list. She wants to connect it to what her bigger picture vision is, what her values are, so that she can feel aligned in what she's doing for work. And when you don't know or understand these principles, and especially when you don't apply these principles, what can happen is that you can get caught up with other people's agendas and other people's priorities or just get really busy for the sake of being busy. I know that I have done that myself in the past. I've just keeping myself really busy as a way of potentially ignoring the areas of my life that were not as fulfilling for me as I wanted them to be. And you can just get trapped in repeating behaviors and actions over and over that are just not working for you. There's that saying, wherever you go, there you are. So this ultimately comes down to you. And what are you defining success as and how are you making choices in line with achieving that success? So what do we mean by success principles? So a principle is defined as a truth or a proposition, if you like, that lends itself to a system of beliefs and behavior and a, a chain of thinking or reasoning. That's how it's defined. And it really very much is a mindset, which is a set of established assumptions that people have or a set of beliefs or attitudes that go on to influence their behavior and their action. Now, these success principles, the five we're going to go through today, are largely attributed to Jack Canfield, who's the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul book series. And he defines them as how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And he talks about them as being tools that can help increase your confidence, help you to just address and tackle daily challenges and things that you're working on, to live more aligned with your passion and purpose, and to, I guess, achieve your ambitions, things that you're working towards. He says that he has based these principles on the strategies that have been used by the world's most successful people and really regards them as being tools that allow you to be your best and to bring the best of who you are to what you do, whether that is the best salesperson in your company or to become a leader in your field, to uh, buy your dream home or to just create the next great job opportunity for yourself. One of the other things that he very much talks about and believes in his books is that you have to take 100% responsibility for what happens in your life, that you're not looking for someone to blame. And that is what the principle, the mindset, the belief, 
that I have around being CEO you. And although it can sometimes be scary and daunting to take 100% responsibility, really, that's the only thing you can do. Because if you're not doing that, then you're outsourcing responsibility to somebody else and you're looking for somebody else to blame and you are not going to create inspired action from there. There's four kind of takeouts from Jack Canfield's book that I think are appropriate here. One we've just covered, which is if you want to be successful, you have to take 100% responsibility for everything that you experience in your life. That's it, straight up. Second thing is everything you think, say, and do needs to become more intentional and aligned with your highest purpose, your values, and your, the goals that you set for yourself. Uh, third thing is to achieve your desired outcomes, you have to replace complaining with making requests of yourself and others and taking action. So there are a couple of his key ideas. And the last point from his book before we get into the principles is that you have control over only three things in your life. The thoughts you think, the images that you visualize, and the actions that you take. And it's really interesting when you start to think about that. If they were the only things you really have control over and they were the only three things that you focused your time and energy and effort on, what kind of different results do you think you could get? So let's have a look at these five steps. Now, when I first learned them, which was when I did my coach training about ooh, 10 years ago or something, I looked at them as a sequence of steps that you sort of did one after another, and they definitely work in that way. But over time, I've also realized that they work as little standalone pieces. And so sometimes I'll find myself just honing in on one of them in a particular project that I might be working on or to snap myself out of a certain headspace that I've created for myself. So see what you think as we go through. But for a starting point, I think it's good to regard them as a bit of a flow, if you like. So the first principle is know your outcome. This is really about clarifying what is it that you actually want. Part of it comes back to defining what success looks like to you and not necessarily big picture success in your whole life, but in the specific area of your life that you're trying to create change in, what does success in that area look like to you? And make sure it's what it looks like to you, not what your mum or your dad think or your brother or your partner or the person next door or whoever, your boss or your colleague. What does success look like to you in this area? Because the clearer you can get on what you actually want, the easier it becomes to take action in that direction. So step one, know your outcome. Principle number two is take action. And this can be seen as a bit simplistic, I guess. But the reality is, and I am guilty of this too, that you can know that you want something, but not take any action and wonder why it doesn't appear. The reality is nothing changes until you do something different. You've got to actually take some kind of action to make that outcome happen. So whether it's small steps, big steps, something, you've got to be taking action 
ideally every single day, depending on the time frame of what you're working on, but you've got to take some sort of action in order to create success in that area. Principle number three, observe what's working and what's not working. This is where sometimes we get head down, bum up and into busyness and taking action for action's sake. But you really want to be able to pull back enough occasionally to be able to measure, to give yourself some feedback or get feedback from others to sort of see what of all of the action that you're taking, what's delivering a result that you like and what's not. What are things that might be worthwhile repeating, continuing to do, and what are things that you could potentially let go? But you've got to firstly observe what's working and what's not. Principle number four is to be able to be flexible and resilient enough to create change, to do more of what's working and do less of what's not. Because sometimes what happens is that we get caught in a certain lane way or a way of doing things and we're stubborn and just want to continue to do that even though it's not giving us the result. But if you've observed something that's not working, then you need to be able to have what's called behavioral flexibility to pivot and to change course to do more of what is working. And that requires you sometimes to do less of what's not working and to be prepared to let that go without judgment and beating yourself up to say that that was wrong to do. And it's so interesting because even as I'm going through these four principles, I'm applying them to to a challenge that I have been facing in my business, particularly this week. And just even thinking about how am I demonstrating behavioral flexibility to do more of what's working and less of what's not, I can already start to see some ideas about how if I apply that principle, it might help me shift my direction a little bit. So these are the gifts that keep on giving these principles. So they apply throughout your whole life over time. So uh, I hope you're really uh, enjoying them and maybe starting to think of the ways that you could apply them in the different areas of your life. All right, principle number five, operate from a physiology and psychology of excellence. Now, this is where there's been a lot of research into the impact of the mind-body connection and how you hold yourself physically, your posture and breathing and anything to do with your physiology, how much that influences your psychology and your mind state. I know for myself that if I'm feeling flat or low energy, often I'll observe that my body is a bit slumped over. In fact, if I try and do it now, I'm really leaning over and I can feel like that creates a a much more closed in kind of feeling for me. It doesn't feel very empowering or something. Whereas if I sit up straight and my shoulders are back straight away, I just feel a little more open, more possibility or something try it for yourself like what happens when you really slump over and then you try and be happier and inspired or positive it's very difficult because the body is communicating a different kind of emotion than you're trying to achieve so if you want to create a change in your 
psychology in your emotion, think firstly about how can you move your body or hold your body? What can you do with your body that might create the sort of conditions that send the message to your brain? Oh, we're doing happy. We're doing confident. And there's a great TED talk. If you haven't seen it, it is really worth seeing. I think it is about 19 or 20 minutes by Amy Cuddy. Uh, spelled C-U-D-D-Y and she talks about research that she and her team did around literally this, the impact of your physiology, how you hold your body and the hormonal changes in your body based on how you physically hold yourself. It's really fascinating and she gives you some great tips on how to hold yourself in a way that's going to be likely to create the conditions for you to feel more confident. So often if you're trying to change your headspace, you can start with your body first and that can trigger the positive change. You can also flip it by having a look and becoming more curious and aware about your inner dialogue. And is that helpful or is it hindering you? And what are some of the ways that you could change the kinds of conversations that you're having in your head. And I know you're having conversations in your head. I have them all the time. And sometimes I catch myself being so nasty, saying things to myself or about myself that I know I would never in a million years say out loud to somebody else. And yet that voice is sometimes so loud and so strong it surprises me. And so becoming more and more curious and aware of catching that inner voice and trying to balance it out with a more nurturing, supportive voice can also have a huge impact on the results that you get because it will impact on what you're focusing on and what you think is possible and what you think about yourself. So you can do it either way, but really thinking about the impact of your physiology and your psychology together. So those five principles again, know your outcome, take action, have what's called sensory acuity to notice what's working and what's not working, have behavioral flexibility to make changes as they need to be made to do more of what's working and less of what's not and to operate as often as possible from a physiology and a psychology of excellence. They're things that are going to really prime you to get the optimal results. So for example, if you really wanted to improve your current situation in some way or some area, the first things for you to do is to really think about what you need to focus on to make these principles come to life. You know, create some kind of space and clarity around what is that area that you want to change or improve. And it's been said that a problem well stated is a problem half solved. I can't remember who said that, but it's a little saying that has stayed with me for many years. Once you've identified the area that you want to make some change in, you can break it down into a tangible goal or outcome, then break that into small actionable steps that you can take. So take action then applying the steps that we just went through. Notice what's working out of the action you're taking. Notice what's not working. Change those things and continually bring your awareness to your physiology and your psychology. How are you creating the conditions of, for you to come from a space of excellence rather than mediocrity? And then you just rinse and repeat. So they are your five principles for success.
that's it for this episode. I really hope that you got a few little nuggets, a few little takeaways to start you thinking about how you can optimize your success in whatever area of your life is important to you right now. Have a great week. Remember, being CEO you is the one job that you have for your whole life. So it can take some time to evolve into it. So surround yourself with people who can support and champion you along the way. Thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.